0: Welcome to Live Leadership, Innovation, Ventures, and Entrepreneurship, a podcast that showcases the talents, skills, and abilities of UT faculty, staff, and students. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, Associate Director for Student Learning and Development in Housing and Dining, and we're excited to have you listening to us. Welcome, everybody, to this latest installation of the Leadership, Innovation, Ventures, and Entrepreneurship podcast, better known as Live. I am your host, Brandon Jones, Associate Director for Student Learning and Development in Housing and Dining here at UT Austin, and I'm so excited to be back from Snowmageddon at these ice storms here in Austin, so really excited to be back recording live. I got to warn you in advance, these two guests that I have before you today, we're going to do a lot of laughing. There's a lot of joy between this group here, and we've got a lot to talk about. And So first, I want to introduce Michael Crosa Hello. What's up, Michael? Michael is a coordinator for student emergency services here at UT Austin. And then we've got the brother affectionately known as Uncle Asar Al-Kabalan, who is a certified personal financial counselor in Texas financial wellness. Unk, how you doing today, man? Doing good. Good to have both of you here on the show. Listen, before we get into the fun and all the good things we've got to talk about today, why don't you all start by telling us a little bit about yourselves? Where are you from, where you went to school, and what you're up to here at the University of Texas?
1: Hello, my name is Michael Crosa, as you've already learned. I've been at UT for about two and a half years now. My education background, I got my undergrad in psychology and music at University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. That was 2012, and then got master's in student affairs administration and higher education at Texas A&M, Woo! and that was in 2014. So I worked, before I came to UT, I worked at a small college in North Carolina called Warren Wilson College. I did um, a few different jobs there. I did residence life. I did student conduct. I did public safety, and then I saw the dream job open up here at UT, and here I am. Glad to have you, Michael. Appreciate
0: that. I knew that whoop was coming. So,
1: and, <laughs> I predict,
0: and, I predict, and I predict another one is coming. So, Uncle Asar, why don't you <laughs> tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got here to UT? All
2: right. All right, brother doctor. I am originally from right down the road in Bryan, Texas, not College Station, Bryan. Mm-hmm. And I am a proud, deep maroon bleeding. Texas Aggie. That's Might have to mute that
0: out.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, by way of Washington, D.C., and all points in West Africa. And I've been at UT for less than two years. Um, I spent most of my time in working in Washington, D.C., in nonprofit youth and family services, uh, working in uh, East of the River, Anacostia, Congress Heights area, of Washington, D.C., working with our people. Uh, my education background is in psychology. I won't give the year that I graduated from Texas A&M because it was in the last century, but uh, <laughs> I have a PhD in how to make ends meet. Okay. So, okay. That's what it is. Okay.
0: Little Richard said that too. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in, in Money, 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 right, the right. Jones produced track. Yeah. <laughs> I caught that. I got that. I caught that. Well, listen, I told y'all, it's gonna be a lot of laughter on this episode. And one of the reasons why I thought it was important that we get get together uh, and and have this conversation is because, you know, uh, we're in a pandemic and then being in a pandemic, uh, we also had recently here in the South, but specifically here in Texas, uh, what's being affectionately termed Snowmageddon. And so, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at that. But one thing I know that's needed is some joy. And some laughter. And so I thought, you know what? After the conversation we all had, when we got together just to kind of do some pre-show conversation, I'm like, man, I got to have these guys on the show because during the pandemic, you you all have been able to come up with something cool and creative that I, that I think is amazing. And I think that is a best kept secret in podcasting. And so uh, we're going to get, hey, listen, we're going to get there. We're going <laughs> to talk about that. But first, what I wanted to get, get both of you all's opinions on and, and to share with our audience audience is just, you know, with both with with uh, Uncle Asar, you being a uh, certified personal financial counselor and this being tax season and FAFSA season. And then, Michael, with you being over in student emergency services, can you all share just kind of w- what you all observed over the last couple of weeks and just uh, looking at what our students' needs are and just the importance of having a emergency plan, both financial and just being a college student in general.
2: Let me jump in real quick and say that, you know, Snowmageddon was actually 2010 when the president, President Obama, got got bogged down in the snow in D.C. That was mm-hmm. and So that that name is already taken, bro. Snowpocalypse? Snowpocalypse? I think they're calling it Snowvit. Like okay, that works. Snowvit is... Yeah. So I think that's, what, I didn't know what it was the first time I saw it. It was like, I was like, what, snow, snow video? So I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that, you know, the same things that students are going through is the same thing that uh, staff and faculty, you know, adults or whatever, we're going through. Uh, in my situation, I didn't have power or water, heat, warmth, anything for like a week. And I was trying to deal with that. So I, I was cooking on the fireplace. Luckily, you know, where I'm, where I, my living situation, we had a fireplace. I burned down probably four adult trees. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry for that, but uh, I had to try to keep warm. And then, you know, I had to come upstairs and go to bed. And I just I fully clothed with my winter coat on, under the covers, trying to stay warm. And from what I understand, you know, probably with a young person who is not, you know, who is away from home for the first time, they were dealing with it on a whole another level. I couldn't imagine. But me, as an adult, I dealt with it the best way I I could because I had, you know, some experience under my belt but Michael has some interesting stories about
1: that though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, yeah, part of it is interesting. I mean, this isn't really what you asked, but it it has been interesting uh, going through a crisis, like the same, you know, the, the crisis, it's affecting all of, all of uh, uh, the city, you know what I mean? The in-state. So it's been, it's been interesting being a, a support, you know, to folks while also going through the same thing myself, but uh, you know, also I was without power, water, heat, all that. Um Asar actually got um, got water back before before I did, and um, my uh, girlfriend and I came over and got a shower at Asar's place, which is just incredible. Man, I mean, I tell you what, you don't even realize how much something like a shower means, mm-hmm. you know. Or I, you know what I statements? I didn't realize how important that was mm-hmm. until I went a week without one, and then holy smokes! I mean, it's a game changer. So you know, thank you to Assar for that. But going, you know, I mean, the real question was about the plan. And on one hand, you know, there was uh it's it's hard to plan for every exact thing. Um but you can, you know, you can start to at least have a plan for something. And so like one of the things that I was personally inspired to do after this is get a little box like a plastic. It's a, it's a little bit larger than a shoe box. Um, I, I already got it filled with like a can opener, some you know matches, some basic stuff. And then I'm I'm you know once Stocks at HEB kind of replenish. I'm going to be filling it with with some just canned and non-perishable foods, and just something that's you know I can check once a year. I don't think that makes me a true disaster prepper, but you know what? Just having a go kit that yes. no matter what, I know that I can just go in quickly, grab food, and at least have you know be set um, for a period of time. I know that's. I mean, personally, that's something that I've I've started to do now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I and, and I don't think. Yeah, go ahead, Uncle Lissa.
2: No, I was gonna say I have an emergency plan kit. I got some uh sardines, some incense, and uh you know, there's some toilet paper in my kit. That's about it. Mm-hmm.
0: And all important essentials. Honestly, honestly important essentials, right? And I think that that's important to to note what both of you all were talking about, because how often do, you know, when when we think about this, I've been in conversation with students and then some other uh, administrators just talking about like, man, why don't we keep salt around? Or like, why is it that we don't invest in a plow in the city or something like that. And that's not trying to be negative against the city or anything like that. But it is a question that comes up, right, about preparation. And so as we're, you know, when we're talking about just the different roles we play, you know, I work in housing and, you know, Uncle Asar, you're a CPFC. And then Michael, you're over in student emergency services. What are some things that you would like students to or, or, you know, those families who are preparing to send their students here in the coming year, you know, because decision time is coming in May. Uh, We're, we're, we're going to be rolling out admissions decisions all over the country for colleges. What advice would you all give to uh parents and students who are looking at not just our institution, but any institution? What are some preparatory uh conversations that you would encourage parents and families to have, especially in light of uh, this recent uh crisis
2: covid yeah. included i think michael hit the the nail on the head when he when it, you know tested in your question about a plan uh when i moved when i uh graduated from texas a, graduated from texas and lm a few years ago uh, a friend of mine i told him i was moving to washington dc and uh he said have a plan so i think that's you know what we want to tell students and it's basically what we teach in financial wellness we're trying to teach you the tools and and the strategies for managing your money, not only while you're a student, but for later in life to establish what we call, you know, financial well-being and stability. Uh, this same friend who told me about being providential, making a plan. Uh, and Michael laughed at this. Uh, you know, he was he was pretty tight when we were in school. We go over to his apartment, and he had a job mm-hmm. and at home. And, and we go over to his apartment. He had any heat. He didn't have any uh, heat in the heat in the winter. He didn't have any any air conditioning AC in the summer. And uh, he was saving his money. So later in life, he's an engineer, so he's doing, you know, really well now. He said a guy asked him, you know, hey, man, why are you so tight? You know, spend your money. And my my friend said, the the guy said, well, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. And my boy said, "Uh, yeah, but what if I stay? So that's (laughs) that's what we teach in financial wellness. Mm -hmm. You know, in an accident or something while you're young, you end up staying. You know, I've stayed on the planet for a while, right? So I needed to manage my money well. So that goes into, again, what you would tell parents. Is to plan, you know, a plan for that four years. Michael talked about the emergency kit. Yeah, we're in in uh, Texas, it doesn't happen that often, but it can happen. Have food on hand. Have I have cash in my wallet now? I don't want anybody uh, ganking me when I walk out of the studio. <laughs> but I carry cash, and it came in handy actually. A hundred bucks cash during this COVID. I mean, this uh, this uh, COVID thing. $100 cash because people were bringing me wood to burn and I wanted to pay them. So, you know, have money on hand, have food on hand uh, and, and and have uh, extra clothing on hand. It doesn't get cold in Texas. But you know what? My mother taught me when I was when we were growing up in Texas, we take a trip. And, you know, in Texas weather, you know, they say, you know, turn another direction. The weather changes. Right. Asking my mother, I'm like, well, it's not it's not hot right now. Do I need to take a coat? And she's like, uh, it's wintertime. Take your coat. So I took that lesson to DC, but when it gets cold in DC, you know, it's cold forever. And you know, we're talking about the snow and the ice, the snow plows and the ice. I was shocked when this happened and the power went out. I lived in DC for like almost 25 years, never had a problem. Uh snowstorms every other year, never had a problem. But again, going back to parents, students, have a plan. What, what is the saying? How does the saying go? Hope for the best, plan for the worst.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think my advice would be uh, even a little bit of, of planning is is a lot, actually. Like, it, you know, uh, to, to really be prepared for disaster, it's not that you have to plan for every single thing, every single earthquake, every single, you know, but just don't, just think about it. Like, well, what might happen if there's, you know, whatever? And, you know, I, of course, I don't want to encourage people to be paranoid, but, like, just something that I personally do whenever I go, especially if I go to, like, a concert or a crowded place, I mean obviously not lately, but is just just check the exits, like a movie theater. Just just look, just see where they are. And it doesn't mean that I'm like ready to bolt or anything like that. But I mean, I know that if you know, you know, fire in a the theater, right? Everybody's gonna tend to go out the door that they came and kind of panic. But if I'm just aware, oh there's a couple extra doors. Right. So similar thing. You don't have to like plan super far, but like, hey, you know what? Just in case let me make sure that I know where the different um, offices are who can help. Or, you know, just in case, let me just think through what would happen if, you know, the power went out for for a while. And with the, with the power going out for, for a while, for example, like a lot of people kind of don't realize that that affects your refrigerator because mm-hmm. usually the power going out is just like an hour or two. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as we saw, like people were losing refrigerators of food and that's, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's really expensive. And so, um, you know, just little, little stuff like that, I think adds up and goes a long way. Yeah. Oh, and emergency, I'm sorry. I'm going to cut in and say one more emergency contacts, um, is, is a biggie. And so a lot of times the, um, I mean, the university has emergency contacts for the students might be worth going and check them every now and then make sure that, um, that person is still in your life or like, you know, whatever. And, and also, I mean, again, this is me. I, I used to work in public safety, so I tend to think about these things probably okay. a little bit more than you. Uh, like on my refrigerator, um I have just like a little envelope that says emergency contacts. That way, you know, I don't know who what happens or what goes wrong, but if, if for let's say my apartment management or something, now they've got a list of people that they can call or you know, or if if you know if the worst happens, and how is you know how how would my parents know to get in touch with my work? or like, you know, I don't know, whatever. Just yeah. it doesn't have to be paranoia. It's just like an extra just just in case, little step. In
2: preparation. And here's one other thing, if mm-hmm. if I may, you mean you know, we're living in the age of technology and everybody has a phone and I'm still getting used to, you know, I grew up when we just had, you know, landlines and you put a I mm-hmm. I remember, man, I remember when we when the when the pay phone was a dime. And then, <laughs> and then it went up to 50 cents. And we're like, what? Hey, so, I
0: had it. it was a quarter when I was a kid. So.
2: Okay, okay. So you look in <laughs> the yard. So, <laughs> so, you know, everybody's on the phone, but you know what? I have two battery packs in my briefcase, mm-hmm. or my, rather than briefcase, in my satchel. Two battery packs that I keep charged. And anytime that I'm, when I walk into the office, when we're, all, we're on campus, I plug my phone up. But so many people, even my peers, they're like, oh, my phone's about to die or my phone died." You can't get in touch with someone and then they, oh, my phone died. Mm -hmm. impossible. So when we're talking about planning and Michael saying, you know, don't be paranoid, but these are the types of, I never ran out of power for my phone during that entire uh, Snovin episode. Wow. get power like maybe an hour and then it would go out. In that hour, if I hadn't cooked something on the fireplace, I would go in because the stove is electric, I'd cook something real quick and I'd plug my phone up and it stayed charged. So again, we're telling, try to uh, imbue in young people to be providential, to plan, to look forward, not just, and it's all, you know, I'm living my life in the moment. You know, I'm, I'm middle-aged brother. You know, I'm, I'm living, I'm having fun. We say, (laughs) (laughs) for tomorrow we may die, you know, so I'm living, but at the same time, you can have fun, but always be safe. And guess what? That makes the fun even better because- Mm -hmm situation, and I'm going to go back to this financial aid, this uh, financial wellness thing, this financial literacy thing. If you have your finances together, you're in a very good place. You don't have to worry about bills collectors. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about running out of money. You don't have to worry about, I can't afford this right now, or how am I going to pay this? If you have a budget and you're sticking to it, that is what we call financial stability and well-being. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it carries over into what we're talking about, emergency type stuff
0: are there any reasons because both of you are touching on some very important things, but uncle Asar specifically for you, are there any, um, resources that you would want to point, especially students to, because I know I came from a family of people that didn't know how to manage money. And it took me until I got older to start studying that for myself and getting a better understanding. What resources would you point, especially our first year students or first generation students to, uh, to begin being on that journey to financial literacy and ultimately financial
2: freedom, hopefully? Well, the first resource I'm gonna point you to is the uh, Texas Financial Wellness website. There you go. <laughs> that is financialwellness.utexas.edu. And on their website, we have you know resources and information uh that will help a student. We actually have the presentations that we do uh, that we facilitate. We have them in PDF form. So if you don't you don't have the opportunity to attend a presentation or something like that, you can actually go through the presentation on the uh website. Mm-hmm. And contact us and schedule an appointment through their website for a one-on-one counsel if you have any questions about a financial situation that you're going through. One of the uh some of the the resources with the budget calculators on there, and I mentioned budget again, you will hear me talk about budget all the time because budgeting is the foundation of financial wellness and stability. You got money coming in, you got money going out, you have to have a way to keep track of that or you'll lose track. That's how we we read about so many celebrities and athletes and high profile people going broke. Um, mm-hmm. In tax trouble because they didn't have a budget. But if you have a budget, you can maintain what you're spending and what you uh, knowledge about what you're spending and what's coming in and what's going out. So, so yeah, financial wellness website. Then over in Michael's shop, which they're under the dean of students, there is UT Outpost, and I'll let him uh, talk about that real quick.
1: Shop, I like that. <laughs> we're a unit. Come to the workshop. Yeah, yeah. we're a unit, <laughs> y'all. It's up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think a little the the difference. Uh, is that we is student emergency services is we're set up for short term stuff. Um that's kind of our best or what we're designed for really. So, um you know, occasionally we we'll get we we'll get students who um you know, they they'll need help paying for their rent or like something like that, which is is very important. It's it's a it's kind of a longer term issue than than right now. So that's that's usually where I get them connected to Sarr, financial aid or or something like that, but stuff happens, you know, and uh, stuff happens immediately. And whether that's like a medical thing or like just, you know, something all of a sudden, um, you know, $300 might be really helpful (laughs) Like, and and might be not just really helpful, but like the difference between staying in school and not. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's a lot of times where, where we step in. And I mean, just to be transparent, there are, um, some different just like boundaries and criteria and stuff like that for the student emergency fund. So I don't, you know, I don't want to like kind of paint the picture that that we're just giving out 300 bucks right. to anyone who comes in, but you know, like if, and, and, but we, I mean, we do our best to take care and be like, Hey, look, if for whatever reason I can't approve this particular request, let me do everything that I can to get you there or right. to, you know, to help you through this or get you to another resource. And so we, um, it can be kind of a challenge to be, honestly in, in student emergency services, because we want to define what we do and yet emergencies are really hard to define. There you um, go. yeah. And so, you know, that's, uh, kind of what, what I'd like to encourage is that like, if, if you don't know where to go, I think you might, I can't remember if we were on the, on the air or not when you said this, but if, if students get lost or don't know where to go to solve a problem, like I really want them to stop by student emergency services. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that so that we can try to get them connected somewhere.
0: And I'll make sure to share some of these links that y'all are referencing in the liner notes, because I think it's important. Uh, everything you all have said has just been so <laughs> important. And I think that's going to yeah. help our incoming students, our current students, our parents, and faculty and staff, because yeah. we have a lot of faculty and staff that listen. But I want to shift gears now, because that the reason, the real reason. Oh, go ahead, Michael, go ahead. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm so excited to shift gears. And I, I just thought of two more things that I really want to plug please. before before we shift gears. Um, something it's it's easy for me to forget about. Um but student emergency services, we've got two two resources that can come in huge handy. One of them is the UT Outpost, which is the name for our food pantry and clothes closet. And the, the That's food what pantry, I cued you for, and you skip right over it. Oh man, I missed I missed it. Well, here we are. That's here, exactly we are.
2: We're cu- here we are exactly what I queued. Here we are. I, uh, I, didn't
1: I say UT outpost? Did I say UT hey, UT? I'm did, leaving all
0: dude. of this. I'm not cutting any of this out. No,
1: please leave it, leave it, leave it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No. So, so the UT outpost it's, 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 basically, it's groceries and, and, uh, the, in pre pandemic times it is was, it was more of a shopping model where students can come and it, it, and it feels like you're in a small grocery store. You can pick out literally what you want and it's, and it's free. And there's, it's, you know, it's usually about like, if you imagine an HEB bag and you stock that as full as you can get it, that's you once a month is that's kind of the general allotment. Um, they also have, it's been a little bit different in, in the quarantine, but they also have professional clothes. So it's like, you know what, if I, if I have a job interview coming up and I, I need some clothes, cause all I've got is, you know, ratty t-shirts right now. Um, I can stop by, I can get an outfit. Um, I mean, I say, I i am a staff member. I'm technically not eligible, but, um, you know, a student can stop by and and get freshened up, um, before going to for their interview. So the other one, that's really helpful is we also have legal services for students. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a free lawyer. Lawyers are expensive. So it's just, mm-hmm. you, uh, what, most of what he does is landlord tenant stuff. And especially after uh, Snowvid, is that what we decided? Snowvid? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so especially after Snowvid, there's been a lot of like landlord tenant issues. He can help um, be a free lawyer for students in that regard. In um, other stuff, like he can help with if somebody wants to start a business, if somebody wants to just review a contract, anything like that, um, you know, free lawyer. So two things, do, You said okay.
2: I know they have a a, a clothing boutique. That's what I. Mm-hmm. It seems like you know it's fly. Then it's a clothing boutique. That's yeah. To do you know professional clothing? I was going, you know, because Uncle Lasalle wears dashikis, man. So they got <laughs> print, you know, attire in there. If I mean, you know, I'm just saying, but. Thing is, I want to reiterate, go back to the whole cash thing, and I'm not trying to put myself out there, but it's very important, and uh, it's a good manage- money management tool if students keep some cash on you. I know, I know there are incidents. You know, the the uh, what is the UTPD puts out alerts when people are accosted on campus and this type of thing. You don't have to carry as much cash as as Uncle I saw, but um, have some money in your pocket. We're banking online. We're banking on the phone. We have debit cards, you know. We try to uh, dissuade students from using credit cards, but there may come a com- there may come uh, uh, a situation where you need some cash. Keep twenty dollars in your sock. I may say, I'm, I'm sounding like Uncle Dessard right now, right, old man, right? In, in your sock, Pin it like in you your underwear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Put it in your shoe if you if you think you know you don't feel safe. Have twenty dollars cash on you. Mm-hmm. you because you may not, your phone may go dead, then you can't call Uber. You can't get a scooter. And you may have to take a taxi. And they, they're they not going to do it on credit. No, you, you can say, well, wait till I get to the house. I got some money. Mm-hmm. They, they ain't going for that. You put $20 on your person. You know what I'm saying? Plan for that. So yeah, man.
0: That's good. Pl- I mean, that's good planning. That's sound strategy. And those are good resources. And those are things to think about, especially given our context, because we are, you know, in Austin, Texas. And, you know, if we are choosing an institution that's in a, in a city where cab services are, you know, that is a good resource to have. I didn't I grew up where, you know, cabs were extremely rare in little little town, East Texas, where I'm. Uh, you know, it's, it's like a cab. Like, good luck. But but I, but my father would always say the same thing. It's like, hey man, always keep a look, keep a little cash somewhere. So uh, definitely uh, choose your locations and, and 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 you know keep some. I, I agree with that. Now let me
2: go. Let me please. go old school, brother doctor. Let me go old school real quick. And I hope oh, that mind me. But uh, you know my mother always said a man's supposed to have money in his pocket. I know that's what is it. What do you call it? Gender, gender. What is
0: it? Something. <laughs> Yeah, being, specific
2: being, or, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But a man always has, should have money in his pocket. And then for the young ladies if or whoever you go out with it on a date, put money in your pocket because you may have an argument and then you ain't got no ride home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see know what I'm saying? So
0: <laughs> it's talking about- it's still sound advice. Okay, I mean, sound advice. It's still sound hey, advice.
2: Please don't title nine me, you. T- see, <laughs> man got, nah, I can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. So what I want to do now is shift gears real quick because yeah. you all have done something that I found amazing. First of all, at the end of this episode, Uncle Asar has a rap that Michael produced that I think everybody needs to listen to. And it tells the story of... This project that I want to give Michael and Uncle Asar a chance to talk about because during the pandemic, you all got together and created a podcast and this show called uh Jollyville Radio. Now I had heard about this, but I hadn't oh, heard. Oh, did it. you? I heard about it. Because uh, Justin okay. Carter, Justin, we're going to have Justin on the show at some point, too. Yeah. Justin Carter told me about it. And I'm like, I got to check this out. And I started hearing other, like I mentioned it to somebody else on campus. And they were, I, they said that I said that I mentioned it out of context. They were like, no, 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 Jollyville does this. You mean you need another show for what you were talking about? And I'm like, OK, I got to talk to these guys about <laughs> Jollyville. So what I want to give you all a chance to do, Michael, Uncle Asat, talk to us about just... What what is Jollyville Radio? Right? Tell the uh, this is your chance to plug it. What is Jollyville Radio and how did it come to be? And you'll also hear the rap at the end of the episode because I promised Uncle Lassar and Michael that I was gonna plug it. So please, <laughs> please tell tell us about Jollyville.
1: What is Jollyville? No, okay. So Jollyville Radio, for one, Jollyville is a real part of Austin, but that's a side comment. So Jollyville oh, Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm li- I I to put to that out there, but that's what, yeah. what do. <laughs> that's what it is. And it's a great name. And you know what? I mean, quarantine has been really hard. And so this was kind of my way of, and, you know, working in student emergency services is, is hard and heavy. So this is this was kind of my way of um, creating something happy and fun and uplifting. And so what it is, what it, or what it has come to be, it's a fiction, po- we call it a, a either a fiction or a semi-fiction podcast. It's about 20 or 30 minutes long, comes out every Wednesday. And uh, we, the first part of the show is this kind of scripted, goofy show. And and we have, you know, we have about a dozen or so people. So you always hear different voices and stuff and we make it sound like it's like a a public radio broadcast from the small town of Jollyville. Mm -hmm. Um, We do different skits and different, you know, there's different running jokes and and all this kind of stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And then um, at the end, one of my favorite kind of things about it that like just sets it apart is that um we do a feature called community beat and uncle asar um is the host of that particular segment so we 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 end every bit with this community beat segment he interviews somebody who's doing some real community building work um out in the real world and and it's been uh, just a, a lot of fun to work on and i guess i'll let uncle asar talk a little bit about yeah. mm-hmm. so this this story I, I i like to tell this story every chance i get and this <laughs> got involved in Jollyville, right? I know it's coming.
2: <laughs> so I'm in Texas Financial Welders. Michael's in uh, Student Emergency Services. So we collaborate a lot. The two, the, our unit and theirs is what I said, right? So Michael and I would end up on a team's call, you know, with video and we're talking about a student or something. And we got into, he, he found out he was he was a musician. And then I told him I, I was a poet and a writer. And then we just, you know, we just start kicking it every time. You know, every once in a while, we get on get on a video and it's like, oh, how you doing, man? You know, I'm good. You know, how you doing? All right. All right. So then he tells me, yo, man, I'm trying to start this, this podcast thing. And so he describes it to me. So now, you know, I'm at a stage in my life where I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm coming out of my comfort zone. I'm, I'm going to try to do new things. But I want to do things that I'm comfortable with out of my comfort zone. Right? <laughs> Which defeats the purpose. So Michael's like, I'm doing this podcast. Do you want to be a part of it? And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, shine him on or whatever. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I'll do it. So it was a minute. Then he came back to me and he was like, so what, what do you, what would you want to do with the, with the podcast? And I was like, well, you know, I, I write a little bit, you know, I got some stuff online, but you no, know, I've never written a skit or anything like that, but I'm really trying to get him off me. Right. Cause I really don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so then. He's like, uh, he's, he's like, what do you want to do? I said, uh, and I threw him a pan africanist hat in the ring. And I was like, anything I do, bro, is going to be uh, social activism. He was like, okay, okay. So he left, came back to me. He was like, well, what if we do, you know, we leave the fiction stuff and we do, we come into the real world and talk about, you know, people doing nonprofit work, community building type stuff. And I'm like, okay, but I still don't want to do it. But that's up my alley, right? Because I ain't comfortable, you know, it's out of my comfort zone. And uh, I'm like, yeah, okay. And he's like, well, what do you want to call it? I said, well, there's this uh uh radio drive time radio show in DC. I think it's out of uh, Howard University Radio, W H U R. And it's called uh The Daily Drum. And I was like, man, that's too, that's too uh, that's too black for him. So I'm gonna tell him uh community beep. And he, you know, he ain't gonna go for that. <laughs> I said, so I say community beat, It's us community beat. He was like, okay, yeah. I was like, oh man, how? I'm getting deeper and deeper in this thing Get out of it. So then, I, I, you know, it was like, well, what is it going to be? I was like, okay, we're going to shine the spotlight on people, people doing, you know, community work in the real world. You know, I had the tagline or whatever. And then at the end, I was like, no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Peace. I threw that piece in there. I pulled it from Gil Scott Heron, you know, uh, a record back in the 90s. I was like, we ain't going to go for this. And the dude was like, yeah. And the most, the most popular part of the, the community beat, Is that tagline. (laughs) It was like, I'm trying to get out of it. The more I tried to get out of it, the deeper I got in it, man. The thing that I love
0: about this, and we were joking about this uh, on on the pre-show, was that I was jokingly calling Michael like George Lucas and Mr. Rogers, because what he's done with this show, when you all get a chance to listen to it, is he's created this universe. And it's this fictional space, but... They, they've got characters, they've got voices. And when you listen to the rap, what I love about what this did was that one, you created this during the pandemic. And as everybody knows that during the pandemic, it was hard to see our friends. It was hard to see our loved ones. And you get tired of just getting on Zoom calls, doing happy hours. You get tired of just checking in on family, doing the FaceTime, right? And so Michael, you what you've done is created this space for you to see your friends, and it's like, hey, instead of just doing the usual stuff that everybody else is doing, let's just pretend. Let's let's go back to what gave us joy as kids and pretend it. And what I love about it is like, I've listened to an episode today while I was working, and I just sat there laughing, going, <laughs> "He really created, like, they really did this, and you convinced your friends." You're free. I told y'all we're gonna laugh a lot today. <laughs> you convinced your friends to come get on a Zoom meeting and just be random and just just go and play these characters for free. And you, for free. <laughs> for and free. You yeah. can't leave that out. And you've created this universe uh, and this space where. It's funny, it's humorous, and then Uncle Asar comes in at the end with the serious beat. And like, it's it's the, it's, it's a little bit of the unlikely duo. You got Michael over in Jollyville, you got your Pan-Africanist uncle Asar <laughs> uh, over here, you know, coming together. These two people who would otherwise probably not have ever come together doing this fun collaboration. And to me, doing something that's creating joy. People, we, we get to laugh. And I think that during the pandemic, we forgot to laugh at moments yeah, because yeah. everything's so serious. And so that's why, again, I wanted y'all on the show during this time, because I think we need to get back to joy. That's probably going to be the title yeah, yeah. of this episode. Get, <laughs> back, get to back to joy. Right? Like that. uh, t- tell, tell everybody about like what you all have been able to see in doing yeah.
1: this, because I love it. I think it's great. Oh, well, thank you, man. Thank you. And you know what, as much as I absolutely love that flattery, I I really can't take credit (laughs) for, for everything, man, because we, I mean, over the course of this thing, I mean, we have a, a, like a writer's, we call it a writer's room. We've got, um, you know, four or five people at least that, you know, have really committed to this for a long time. And um, you know, like, for example, a friend of mine, Emily Ansonik from uh, in graduate school, we, you know, I mean, we have a grad school cohort list that kind of cut. And I, you know, just reached out to, to that group. And um, and now I get to reconnect with my friend Emily. And, and same thing, there was another friend, Lizzie, also from grad school. Like, I hadn't talked, you know, I hadn't, like, really talked to them in ages. And, um, you know, then I get some some work people rolled into it. And then um, Jollyville, it's a whole story for another time. But we actually started as a brass quintet band. so So we got some, like, <laughs> random people from the brass quintet that are are still involved, uh, Brian and Rich, you know, and just like all these people, and for me, it's been really if there's a line in in the in the rap that says, you know everybody's separated by one degree. it's like I'm the one degree, but it's so it's kind of fun to have all these friends from different parts of my life getting together and and meeting each other and and that's that's been a lot of fun. And then, as far as like voices, because you know the the writers' room is a certain size, and then the the voices. Is uh, I mean over the the past six or seven months, we've probably easily had twenty or so people at some point giving voices and free. Um, for A free, free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some of these are, I mean, and it and it's across time zones. I mean, we've got uh, all four, you know, of the contiguous time zones, and then um are represented and then the the community beat segment has been kind of fun too because i've i've just met people and made friends through that like made legitimate friends that i just like cold called and been like hey you seem like a cool organization can we interview you and then next thing you know like now this person is like coming up regularly to do you know the, the um to, to do voices and that you know it's it's fun it's been for, you know again, for me, just because talking about myself is fun um i <laughs> i I didn't even realize that I was going to make those friendships and continue those friendships and and literally meet people who I consider close friends now mm-hmm. that uh, only through podcasting um which has been wild but the Jollyville part you know i do
2: a i do a i do a i do a voice in that. i do myself and then i i do have a voice i have a character, but then I mainly do Community Beat, and that's, that's every episode. The voices and stuff is like, every once in a while you, you hear Uncle Assar do a, a <laughs> Bobby Balconis. A shout out and, you know, yeah, different stuff like that. But the Community Beat thing, I mean, we get, like you said, we get to meet people from all over the country. We've even had people on Community Beat, this cat from uh, Hawaii, mm-hmm. and we've had an interview from a cat in, in New Zealand, at wow. the zoo. At the end of the interview, he takes us outside on the laptop and shows us around the zoo. So, wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, and, I, and I give, I give Michael uh, uh, props all the time because I'll sit back and I'll think, and I'm like, oh, wow, I actually did that. And I'm like, dude, do you understand? And I'm glad you you, you likened it to Mr. Rogers. I had never seen it, you know, in my mind that way. Mr. <laughs> neighborhood. Dude is like Jollyville neighborhood. So yeah, I give my a man. Jeez. The thing, the, the other thing I always tease him about until lately, you know, we got a new cast member. Is that it's like I'm the only uh, black cat in Jollyville, so I have a, a position of prestige. So <laughs> we are trying to integrate we gotta Jollyville. We got to diversify. We got <laughs> We're trying to integrate Jollyville, right? So we got another brother now, which is Justin Carter. That's how you heard from.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, my man, Justin Carter. Good yeah, brother. So.
2: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna yeah we're gonna start a little community and have a little uh
1: Jollibee NAACP and you know <laughs> <laughs> Well you know I mean since we're since we're talking about it I really enjoyed uh back in uh December, I guess we did a Kwanzaa episode. Mm-hmm. Um and I that was another one that it was like, man, I had no idea that that, that would be a po- like possible and and like i i learned so much i mean go figure a white guy doesn't know much about kwanzaa and <laughs> so then going into it, i mean i think we that was our fastest episode creation asar mentioned this idea i think or we we kind of loosely talked about it. actually my boss mentioned so we were decorating the office and my boss mm-hmm. said like hey make sure you get kwanzaa up there and i said because i knew uncle sar was going to know about kwanzaa so you know i was asking about kwanzaa and and he said "Do we should do an episode he's like <gasps> yeah 48 hours later, we had an episode made. Uh, we got Justin Carter and uh, Desiree Crossword kind oh, of representing. Uh, I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, you know, from BFSA. And and then uh, myself and my girlfriend who just, you know, are just two white people that didn't know anything about Kwanzaa. And just got to like, all of us just kind of learn from Uncle Asar. And it was, man, that was a blast. And so, that's what I
0: love about the show, man. Like y'all are, you're having fun. You're teaching, you're reconnecting, you're smiling, you're laughing. And at the end of the day, it's just like, yo, I got together. If nothing else, you get to say at the end of every episode, I got to hang out with my friends. We did something random. Um, It's going to take a little bit of work, but it's out there and this universe is going to exist and people can come and check that out at their leisure. And the, the thing that I loved about the show that I, that it continues to amaze me is just y'all just keep doing it. You keep <laughs> doing it. And it's, it gets more like if you're looking for like sequential or anything like that, don't do that. Just come and enjoy the show because yeah. I, the art major in me was, is, is like, they just in here having fun. I want to have fun. So like, when we were talking the other day. I'm like, yo, I got to come do me a Jollyville episode just because get your I get your, I get your passport, Jollyville passport. Hey, I get your Jollyville. I'm, I'm with it because it just sounds so much fun. And I think that when I with our students, I'm always trying to tell them like, get out of this linear mindset that everything has to like make sense and it has to follow this particular rhythm and it has to go from point A to point B. And what you've done. Uh, Michael and Uncle Asar to a degree, what y'all have done is y'all have come together and you've brought people together across, as you said, time zones, cultural barriers, and backgrounds. And you've used a technology that's been around forever Mm. to make the most of this situation that we're in. And for a few minutes, if I'm being honest, for a few minutes, you kind of forget about the pandemic and you're Mm. just in... Jollyville, you're there, you're in the story. Old school 20s and 30s, radio style. In the and that's what I love about that. And so, so, Michael, uh, go ahead.
2: Michael wants to, he's gonna tell you about how people they sometimes they can't distinguish between what's, what's not. But what I want to talk about is what you said having fun. This cat has brought me out of my comfort zone. I was talking about being comfortable mm-hmm. doing the voices in the the episode. Man, I'm <laughs> Dude, I'm that cool dude. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, I'm, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I'm the, in the, at the party, you know, I'm the cat standing on the wall, cooling the game. How you going to do it if you really don't want to dance? By standing on the wall, get your back up, up. That's me, right? This dude got me making funny voices. We have a uh, bloopers reel just for Uncle Asop. Oh, man. Can't be published on air like this ever. <laughs> we have a blooper reel just for me. But let me get let me get serious for for just a second. And we're talking about we know we're making jokes about it, no black people in Jollyville and that kind of thing. So we welcome you. But uh, in addition to working with Michael on Jollyville, let me say that, uh, and let me say I'm a sensitive brother, so I may get emotional for a second. Go uh, you know, in our community and our struggle, uh, especially after the George Floyd thing, people are talking about difficult conversations. You know, between black and white and and, and all but in between. Michael deals with me on Jollyville. And like I said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at a point in life where I just want to chill. So he has to pretty much work around my schedule. And I don't do that as a prima donna. It's just my, you know, how I'm feeling at the time. It's like, you know, man, I, I, I want to watch some TV. I want to relax that kind of thing. So he deals with that. But not only does he deal with that, we have those difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Not always from me. He will ask me questions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then he will listen to and absorb what I'm saying mm-hmm. during the time. So when we talk about, in our community, we talk about a commitment as opposed to a contribution. I feel like this cat, this white cat, has committed to, you know, what he's doing. He's talking about that Kwanzaa episode. That wasn't my idea. I was talking to him about Kwanzaa and BFSA doing the seven days of Kwanzaa, those little, you know, yet too, too many things that we did on the, 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 the YouTube. He said to me, do you want to do something? I was like, "Dude, really?" And he put it together in like he, we put, published it in forty-eight hours. I wouldn't have done that. I would have gone to the street corner corner and started yelling at white people about Kwanzaa, but I wouldn't have sat down and, and, and put, pulled put people together and then edited it and then uh, published it in that type of thing. So I want to give him props, you know, publicly for that. All you know, I would take any opportunity because I'm 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 a, I'm a disciple of Malcolm X. And Malcolm, there was a young white girl that came to Malcolm one time. Mm -hmm. He wanted to know how to get the white people and the the, the Muslims together. And he was like, what can I do? He said nothing. So he later regretted that. And in a conversation with Gordon Parks, he said he he told him he regretted it and he wished he could have talked to her. And this is an important lesson in our struggle is that we need committed allies. You didn't say we need committed allies because who who will listen? You know what I'm saying? They're in a position to to uh, uh, advance our, our position, advance our our message, and I and I and for this brother and I told him, I've told him on several occasions. So this ain't nothing new to him. He's in, he's one of those people, and I want to thank him publicly publicly for that. Told y'all, we're gonna we're gonna go we're
0: gonna be emotional. <laughs> this <episode>. we're <laughs> sitting me... here looking at each other on camera like. Yo, try not Whoa. to cry right now, man.
2: Like, <laughs> I told you to stop me, bro, when I go to the rent. <laughs> you did,
0: man. You I, and I think what you said that was so important, and I want to give Michael a chance. Michael, I don't know if you had anything you wanted to say. Man, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So
1: kind, and, man, the re-
0: man. and The reason why And the reason why I feel like that message is important, one, Getting in spaces like this and one laughing together, seeking understanding from one another, you know, that's 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 the message that, we, you know, in the Division of Student Affairs, we talk about intercultural competency, that ability to communicate uh, across differences and commonalities, building that bridge. Right. And I agree with you, Uncle Asar, we do need to. we do need allies that listen, uh, especially anybody from any oppressed or marginalized community. We, we do need uh, allies to come together and listen and talk to one another. And I do think that Jollyville is that space. It's a space that, you know, uses humor, uh, but also the community beat is like, yo, th- these are real people addressing real issues here too. And so you kind of you kind of take a the approach of the the activists that do tv you know or the ones that do comedy shows to lure people in and then hit them with a message that they and didn't even know it i love that approach and so right. that, and that's what really drew, draws me in you know justin invited me to listen to the show a while back and i only got a chance to do so recently and what i've loved about that in prepping for this show is just how i'm like they really you you really leveraged in existing technology to bring people together to address difference, but then also to talk about the things we have in common too, and doing it in a way that's just funny. Like mm-hmm. it's hilarious, y'all. And like, just, <laughs> well, and I've a, you know, Michael, I've, I've only met Michael recently, but I'm like, I can't wait to talk to Michael again. I'm like, I can't wait till when the next conversation is gonna be. You know, Uncle Asar, I see all the time. Y'all, just, just some of y'all are probably wondering, like, why in the world? Do we call him Uncle Asar? Just know everybody calls him that. It's not just me trying to be Brandon Jones, giving people nicknames because I do that. But everybody and it's not just Jollyville. At, it's not good. It's not just in Jollyville. Everybody at UT calls him Uncle Asar. President Hartzell almost did, but he stopped himself uh-huh. <laughs> during the state of Black UT. <laughs> he was like, it's really hard to follow, Uncle. I mean, it's fo- hard to follow Assad. <laughs> So I'm telling y'all like that, that's the community that we have here at UT. And I just want to say, as we wrap up here, I really do appreciate both of you. So stick around uh, as we get ready to close. But any final parting thoughts here? Because I I know we got some post-show stuff to talk about, but I want to give you all a chance to say anything to the audience that uh, you hadn't had a chance to say. Uh, If not.
2: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, if I, I had, had something, it. but I forgot.
0: Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back and do. We'll come back and shoot shoot some uh like Zack Snyder with the Justice League. We'll come back and do some <laughs> reshoots or something if we can. Yeah, yeah. And
1: man, I I would love to have you in Jollyville, dude. Hey, listen,
0: you it ain't saying nothing but a word. I get to go be my authentic silly self. Hey, look, sounds like my kind of place. So listen, y'all stick, you two stick around. Uh, We got more to talk about, but everybody else, listen, thank you all for listening to this episode of Live. Looking forward to reconnecting with you all. Again, uh, just checking us out on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and on the Liberal Arts Instructional Technology Studio website. So take care. Have a good one.
2: KJVR Jollyville Radio Dashiki Man Music baby Uncle Asar and the 2-1 Dig this Now what you hear is not TV Instead it's radio Broadcast across the internet It's what you call a podcast show it's a series of files and audio spoken digital episodes it's kjvr in jollyville and michael crosser is the ceo so elevate your feet and unwind your mind and let me tell you how it all began give me a funky countdown flipping all around minus one nine three five ten this is what i want to say j o double l y v i double when well, it was quarantine, Rona on the scene you know Michael sent out a tweet inviting all his friends and a couple of kin on a Zoom call, let's all meet. And from there to here, coming far and near they all signed on to the call. Some cameras off and on and muted microphones about then Michael started to talk. He said, I asked you here to put a bug in your ear. You see, I'm kinda nearly at my wits with cabin fever and the walls all closing in. I'm feeling gloomy that I gotta admit all the hand-washing and social distancing created creative the needed for my brain. And I believe it's true, at least for most of you, I'm thinking all of us feel the same. So let me lay it out, my big idea about a new podcast developing. I want to do this thing before I go insane. Huh? What? Did the phone ring? Everybody say L E at radio. And you can Google the show. Check out the website, definitely. Let's keep it going now, J. Double L E, Funny skits and jokes in every episode wraps up with community beat So now back to the story coming from the lavatory Funny rhyme I just wanted to make We say the folk in the village of Jollyville A semi-fictional but never fake These two random bits are like the comedy skits Coming straight out of Jollyville A little hit and a miss and a sprinkle of this We want to leave you with a happy feel Now it's all a blast, the ensemble cast is separated by one degree Cause Michael Costa had no money He recruited everybody that he knows Who would work for free, work for free. Then the stars aligned then the Jollyville sky And a radio podcast born Published once a week From the purple streets Closet studio recording platform So that's the way it goes Now everybody knows How it all came down to be Michael Cross's invitation Sent out all across the nation Generated syncopated comedy So put it in the wind Advise your kids and kin And that's precisely what the maestro did Tune to the show Till everyone you know It's like a chocolate candy Katie did Everybody say J-O-L-L-Y-V-I-L-L-E at radio And you can Google the show Check out the website Definitely Make it funky, y'all J-O-L-L-Y-V-I-L-L-E Funny skits and jokes In every episode Wraps up with community Be One more time Say J-O-L-L-Y-V-I-L-L-E Check out the website, definitely. That's what I'm talking about. J Oh, Double L E. Funny skits and jokes, in every episode wraps up with community B. Break it down now, J. Oh, Double L E, Yes, sir. J Oh, double L E. Keep it rolling, y'all. J Oh, Double L E. J Oh. J-O-L-L-Y-D-I-L-L-E J-O-L-L-Y-D-I-L-L-E How was that? Alright. Later.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To catch the next installment, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. This podcast was recorded and edited in collaboration with the LAITS Development Studios Audio Department. More information can be found at liberalarts.utexas.edu slash LAITS. The intro song was composed by Ian Herrera, and you can find his work at ianherrera.com. The outro song was composed by Noah Keller, and you can find more of his work at noahdkeller.com.
1: We'll see you next time.